What's up? It's Levi from Miss May I, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's Boondoggle radio show. Uh, as you know, we're a veteran-owned and operated podcast, and this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me as a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety, just getting out and talking to people. But uh, it does cost us some money, so if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe, we have a GoFundMe under Today's Boondoggle. We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle that you can donate to, uh, our anchor sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle uh, any questions comments suggestions complaints you can email us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and please follow us on our social media sites at, uh, at today's boondoggle on instagram facebook twitter all your uh, social media platforms as well as our youtube channel our rumble channel and our BitChute channel please follow subscribe comment and download and please consider checking out our sponsors. If you uh, support our sponsor, Dream Nutrition, you can receive 10% off your order by using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. So Dream Nutrition, they're a veteran-owned and operated company as well. So please support them and receive 10% off using the promo code BOONDOG10. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening. going on everybody it's bill bailey with today's boondoggle and a uh, real quick housekeeping note if you're watching us on youtube or rumble or BitChute or odyssey please hit that follow and subscribe button and if you're listening to us on spotify itunes uh google spreaker any of the podcast platforms out there please hit that follow and subscribe button help us build our numbers up and uh Help us continue to bring you conversations like the ones I'm about to bring you right now with uh, Mr. Christian Opus Lawrence of the band. You porn. You got to smash the subscribe button. You porn, all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I, I, 
Ashley been following along with a lot of stuff you got going on. We you got we got some mutual friends and connections, so I've been wanting to cool get you on. So uh, good who's to some get of the mutual friend? Who's who's some of the mutual friends? I'm curious. Uh, well, I'll 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 get into that as we as we oh, go okay. here. Oh, I got, so, okay. I apologize. I'm jumping the gun here. <laughs> it's all right. No problem, man. Uh, usually when I have somebody on for the first time, though, I like to get a quick background. So uh, sure. Uh, originally, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, originally, what I wanted to be was exactly what I am, uh, a drummer in a rock and roll band. Nice. And like when when was it that it kind of caught your your attention and, you know, that dragged you well, in and you knew this was what you wanted to do? Uh, I saw Kiss for the first time. Um, and then my older brother started uh, bringing albums home. And I started hearing him listening to it from the other room and I started getting into it. And then um, I would go out and I would set up pots and pans uh, in the front yard right next to the, ro front, the road where the cars would drive by. And uh, as a kid, I would, you know, bang on pots and pans and put on a show for all the cars driving by. People would beep and wave. And uh, that's kind of my first taste of showmanship when, uh, when I was really young. And all that stuff's actually all that... Um, information and, and more is actually in my uh, new book that I just released, but we could talk about that too. I'm probably jumping the gun with that, but um, that's all, all the, the beginning, how I started and when I started and why I started um, is all outlined in, in the uh, autobiography that I just released recently, but uh, called break when I'm dead, which is really awesome. It's doing really, really well, but I started off from kiss um, I knew right away what I wanted to do when I saw them a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people in my age bracket, who are musicians that are, that are, I call lifers. Cause you know, people do it a lot for hobbies. They play in cover bands, they play on the weekends. Um, they don't really dedicate themselves to rock and roll. Like, like Lemmy said, you know, if you want to be a rock star, you got to live it. You can't just do it part time. And yeah. um, I, I always tell people that, you know, there's a fire that burns inside of me and people like me and it, it goes up and down throughout the years, obviously, you know, there's times when the fire's raging and then there's times when it's low, but it never goes out. Anyone that, if you have a fire that goes out, you're not a true, it's not in your blood. It's either in your blood or it's not. And that's kind of how I look at, um, you know, music. I mean, anyone nowadays with a laptop and, and, uh, and AI and programming and could push a button and create music, but it takes a true musician who you know went through the the stages and the blood sweat tears and money and and all the different uh time and energy to learn and craft and hone your instrument and really you know the frustrations and all that stuff to really be a, a working i i call it a blue collar working class uh pro touring musician because that's what i am i'm not rich i'm not yeah. famous i'm well known I might be popular in certain circles. I might, my, my name might be known in uh, out of the country. Uh, some of my bands, you know, did really, really extremely well up and down. I call it, it's like a roller coaster ride, you know? Yeah. Unless yeah. you're like a pop, unless you're like a pop artist um, that already, that that's like, you know, 15 years old, that's being uh, uh, sculpted and, and modeled and, and created by the industry. Um, people like me, who are like, you know, real musicians, it's like a roller coaster ride for us. We got, we have our ups, we have our downs, ups and downs, and, and we just keep going. And, you know, I'd rather die 
being respected as a as a talented real artist who um, who had you know real content and and credibility than to be a one hit wonder. I'll I'll, t- I'll listen. I'll take it. I'll t- I would <laughs> take it if I got it. And I yeah. always say people people are always like, oh, you know, you know, you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to be famous. I'm like, no, I never said that. If it comes along, great. But I'm not chasing after that. Like I used to think that that's chase after that. And but you know, then you start molding yourself and trying to like make the industry happy and i'm not doing it for the industry anymore like the industry can kiss my ass yeah Um, it steals your passion you know yeah exactly i become something that's inauthentic that 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 you're not you know and you're preaching to a choir man i've been trying to tell my kids all about you know how music musicians are supposed to be you know yeah in your craft putting in the work you know and uh you know, and, and then talk about Kiss, man. That was my gateway drug too, man. To, to oh, the yeah. music world, man. Absolutely. Um, until I met, until I met them, um, well, at least two of them, and 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 that's in the book too. It's funny because you, you you know why Peter and Ace got thrown out after you meet them because those are only two that I met, and yeah. and not the other two. The, those two guys were so bitter, and so like. <laughs> Like just mean. I don't know if it was a bad day or what the hell, but it was not a good. It kind of bummed me out because I was so like Peter Chris was such an idol for me as a drummer, and like you know they always say don't meet your idols. Yeah. Well, yep. that's that was a that was a it got ugly. I mean we almost had a fist fight. It's in the book. Wow. It's so funny. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I was young too. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so yeah, you know so. Peter, Chris, one of your inspirations, though, originally, you're out there with the pots and pans. When did it uh, start? Like, at what age was it like, uh, you know, all right, well, it's time to invest in a real kit for for you. you Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great, great part of the story. And it's all in there, too. It's uh, I um, I had a bike route and uh, I was a paper boy and I was making a little bit of money doing that. Not a lot of money. And uh, I was it was actually I found my first drum set. It was an orange, sparkly Maxwell. They don't, I don't even think they make them. Very, very small uh, Maxwell orange sparkly drum set that was in pieces on the side of the road at a, at a tag sale in my neighborhood. And my parents didn't want me to play drums. They actually encouraged me to try to play, um, <laughs> to try to play a cello or the piano or anything that didn't make a lot of noise. Yeah, and that exactly. was well, it's more calming in the household. <laughs> and that was, yeah. And that was more musical quote unquote. And yeah. every day, and I tried, I did the cello for a while and mysteriously the cello would, uh, would break every week uh, me dragging it around. And I'd be like, I don't know, mom, I don't know. The things doesn't, 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 they don't like me, I guess it's break. It's breaking every week. So I don't think I should do this. You know, I'm here. I am a really a drummer at heart. You know, banging around this this cello and just it just wasn't me. So I yeah. found this drum set and the tag on, on my own because they wouldn't buy me one. They didn't want me to play drums. So I found this like real piece of crap drum set on the side of the road. It was like thirty five bucks or something like that at the time. Um, and I had like I want to say twenty or twenty five bucks. And my older I had to literally borrow like ten or fifteen bucks from my older brother. I was like, hey, can I borrow some money? And he gave it to me. And I dragged this piece of crap home. I, I put it together with like duct tape and glue and, and whatever else I could do. And and I just started at like 11 or 
11 or 12, I just started banging on this drum set. Whenever my mother would leave for like to go to the store or they would be gone, I would just annoy the crap out of my neighborhood. And I would just bang the crap out of this drum set and had no idea what I was doing. And I sort of just taught myself. Um, I, I, I started listening to Shout Out the Devil from Motley Crue. And, you know, even Brian Adams, things like that, that were really simple, kind of like yeah. one, two, three, four. And I, and I learned the, the idea, the dexterity of how to do it. I bought a Buddy Rich uh, beginner's guide, and it kind of broke down the, the, the mathematics of drumming because it's, it's a different animal than normal uh, music uh, notes and stuff. It's a different – it's like it's all based off of, like, you know, numbers – um and like different hits and different timing and stuff like that so i learned the basics and um i taught myself and i just kept kept at it it was really frustrating the grind and then once i learned how to play the drums myself badly i uh, i finally took lessons to learn the do's and the dotes and like how to sit how to hold the drumstick the actual like technical things that i needed to learn you there oh sorry yeah i got a and that's when um uh i learned i learned the bait of how how to actually play the drums and then right right as i started doing that i played i started a punk rock a three-piece punk rock band called the putrid and we were horrible but we played our first show (laughs) yeah i booked my i booked my own first show at age 13 i called up and i was like Hey, this is this is the manager for the putrid with this like high voice. Uh, my name is Christian Lawrence. Um, we want we want to play your venue, blah blah blah. And and then I showed up and I was Opus because that was my nickname. I didn't yeah. give it to myself. That's also in the book. It's a long story, but it's a musical term that I it started off as an insult and it became something that actually helped me in the, my career because I separated myself. I did, you know, I was Christian Lawrence, the the manager, booking guy. And then I was Opus, the drummer character that showed up and played the shows. And that's how I did it in the beginning. And that's kind of how I, I booked my first show at age 13 and then never looked back. You know, just been doing it ever since. Nice. And what was like, now you're up there in uh, Connecticut. So what was the music scene like there when you were starting um, out? Well, it was, uh, it was very slow. Um, it wasn't as thriving as it is now. Uh, there wasn't a lot of metal. There was, you know, there was some stuff, but there what, it was more old school, like power metal. Like there was a band called Obsession, which features Mike Visera. There was um, uh, Join Forces with Jimmy Bell, the, the, the guitar player, who I ended up playing with down later on, um, later, you know, much later on. He, uh, he was the runner up for uh, Zach Wilde for Ozzy. Uh, there was some old school bands, Jeff Kanata with Eyes. Um, there was, you know, and then Michael, obviously, you know, Michael Bolton came from Connecticut, but he was in a metal band before he was doing what he's doing now. No shit. Um, so there wasn't, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There wasn't much, but then all of a sudden, you know, uh, this era came where there was a ton of metal bands and like, um, uh, different style bands too. Well, we had, well, we had everything from, uh, you know, obviously there's in a new England, not just Connecticut, but new England area. I mean, there's so much that came out of here from like, uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts, the whole area. You got Hatebreed, obviously oh, from yeah. Connecticut. Um, there's, you know, my old band Gargantua Soul from the '90s that you know we did it phenomenal. We were all over radio, TV, 
and played Woodstock 99 right before Limp Bizkit. And that's one of the reasons why I still have a career to this day is because I'm sort of grandfathered in from my old band. Um, Dead by oh, Wednesday nice. does great. But if I didn't have that old band, I wouldn't have the fan base that I have that carried over to, to what I do now. So, you know, that that band did really well. Um, and then there's, you know, there was a ton of other projects that came out of here, like uh, uh, Kill Switch Engage, Shadows Fall, yeah. uh, All That Remains, Stained, Godsmack, uh, Revly, uh, you know, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. New England is very as th- a very thriving um, rock and metal and hardcore uh, area, you know. And obviously, we have New York too, which is right right next yeah. door that has everybody and their grandmother, you know. And then uh, you you had mentioned Hatebreed. Now I know that uh, I thought I read that you've done some work with uh, Jamie Jasta in the past. Oh That's yeah, uh, Jamie. I, I, Jamie actually put out, he was the first person after my old band Gargantua Soul broke up and I started Dead by Wednesday. He was the first person to believe in me and he put out our debut album, Democracy is Dead, on his label at the time called Stillborn Records. Stillborn, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I started working for him at the warehouse and, uh, and helping him with like, uh, you know, basically running his hate wear. Uh, clothing line for Mayhem Festival, and I met a lot of people through that, and um, and just did a lot of stuff with him as far as that goes, um, until I was able to start my own label uh, subsidiary through him uh, originally, and now and now it's you know moved on from from that since then. Yeah. Um, well, that's friend I, number one. Uh, yep. That that we have in common. I remember yep. uh, actually when I was deployed on my last deployment. Jamie put together a, a nice care package for me and the guys I was serving with. And there was a bunch of hate wear gear in there. And there was a bunch of stillborn uh, CDs in there and dead by Wednesday was one of them. Oh, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. That's so I got awesome. to share that with me and the guys that I was uh, over in Kuwait with and stuff. Well, I, it's ironic that you say that because my singer now is a combat veteran. Um, he was in Afghanistan for many, many years. And a lot of our new material on capital conspiracy talks about the um, struggles and um, and a lot of the things that, you know, they, they went through and he's still dealing with a lot of, you know, his friends are, have a lot of the uh, PTSD and, yeah. and, you know, unfortunately a couple of them committed suicide and we have a song, a couple songs on there. Our next video is going to be talking about that as well. And I, I can't relate, you know, cause I've always been the, the spoiled brat at home that never, you know, fought for our country, but my singer, now Esteban, who is an amazing person, he was in deployed for many, many front lines for many, 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 many yeah. years. So, yeah, and um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, man. Uh, so yeah, there, there, there's friend number one, and then uh, going along, I just you know, first of all, you know, speaking of condolences, I I, I wanted to, you know, say uh, you know we recently lost, I think. Uh, you know, somebody that uh, was an inspiration for you guys, the original Wednesday Adams. Oh, yeah. I mean, man, that I got to be honest with you. Like, I did not expect that to be uh, as successful as it was for us. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really originally about that. Um, you know, the, the term Dead by Wednesday actually came from a touring uh, tor- term 
because I was we were like it was like a weird thing where with my past my old band Gargantuous Soul, I was in we were in Salem, Massachusetts playing a show, and then we had to fly take a red eye flight to Puerto Rico to do a festival in San Juan, and then we were flying back to do something else, and my bass player turned to, and I at the time, I was already started this side project, and I needed a name, and he turned to me. Um, and he said to me, man, if we keep going like this, we're going to be dead by Wednesday. And for some reason, it just resonated with me. I'm like, wow, that's a really cool like sentence. It's like a tour, it's yeah. like a touring expression by the middle of the week when you're touring, you're dead by Wednesday. And, and then our last singer, um, was like, Hey man, we need to do, we need to make a design that's going to actually sell. And he thought, you know, Wednesday Adams, you know, she's a very like, you know, as you know, very like, you know, uh, disturbed kind of individual yeah. and you know dead by Wednesday like killed killed by Wednesday Adams and it was like perfect and and they designed you know we had a buddy of ours who designed the uh the uh you know the the picture for for the shirt and that's literally before even the show hit and now is on Netflix and is number one that was our biggest seller that shirt sold every uh, women and guys love that shirt and now yeah. it's selling even more so it did. It definitely became an um, an inspiration to us as far as like after the fact. But initially, it wasn't actually about that. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. Yeah. And then um, you know, I was reading you were talking about some of the other projects you you've been involved in, and I know uh, I'd read something like you know like like everybody, of course, when the world stopped, you know, back in 2020, and we were all kind of like you know not knowing what the hell was next, but. A lot of the musicians that I've talked to, you know, uh, their personal like therapy for their mental health was staying active and recording and creating music. But you did uh, uh, the Corona covers, I think, during that that time frame. You yep. want to talk a little bit about uh, that and why you, uh, you know, what that. Yeah, for you? absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, I, obviously, we were stuck home and, and we couldn't really do much. And my girl. I was depressed. I was, you know, that was supposed to be the biggest year of my of my career, besides back in the day when I did, when I did Woodstock and did a bunch of other stuff. Um, it, it's really, I think, uh, my girl kind of said to me, "Listen, you you look like you're down and out. Like everyone's doing these online things. You gotta kick yourself in the butt and learn how to record and figure out video and just, you know, and just do it and do something." And I didn't know what I was doing. So I kind of just, I, I play guitar as well as drums and acoustically. I sing a bit. Uh, I do backups for the band. Um, and I just I just said, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm, I, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to take ideas of songs that I like. And I'm going to record them um, with GarageBand and just do it all myself and just indulge myself into music while, while I have all this time. And it was the best thing I ever did because it really, it like, it, it made it, it made me sane. I was able to go in my band room, lock myself in there, and just you know, you know, experiment and learn how to use the equipment. And I taught myself how to record, and it sound it sounds great. Like I really, it sounds amazing. And um, it was easy because it was acoustic because like, you know, electric stuff is very hard to record compared to uh, acoustic stuff. But I was able to just like do it, and I did one. And the formula came out great. And then I learned iMovie, um, and I put the iMovie app on my computer, and I learned how to how to uh, edit. And um, 
that just got better and better and better. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to do this song. And then I'm going to try this song. And then the next thing I know, I had like eight or nine songs done. I'm like, this is an album, you know? So I just, I didn't know what to do with it. So I put it out on Bandcamp because I didn't have, because at the time I, I didn't have the label uh, thriving and covers are so much to license. And, um, and it, and it just did, people loved it and picked it up. It did really well and people picked it up and I just, um, got some press and everything. And, and now I'm thinking about actually releasing it for real and going back and, um, and, and, uh, kind of taking it and just putting it on um, licensing it and putting it on the label, um, uh, eventually. But, you know, it, it was just a learning experience. It was to keep me busy and sane and, and it definitely yeah. worked and, it got it was well received. I think my favorite um, video and song out of all of them probably is uh, "As Mother" by Pink Floyd. Um, you know that was really cool to try to recreate all the different sounds and stuff, and it was just really cool. I love I love doing that. I know covers and some people are like, ah, covers are like you know whack or whatever. But for me, like I don't do I don't I try not to do them exact. I try to do kind of give my own spin and take covers and make them your own and. And yeah. and just find a unique way of of um, of like you know showing it, per- perceiving it, whatever. Yeah, and at the same time, like you said, it was just something to help keep you sane during that time, yeah. you know, and keep you busy. And you got to learn exactly. iMovie and some other things to help, you know, going yeah. forward. So and now, was, uh, and, now and now I have that took a negative and like made it into a positive, you know. Yeah, now exactly. I, I've always been that guy where I try to turn any sort of negative situation into a positive if I can, um, and that ha- that's that's happened. That's that's uh, sort of uh, happened with me a lot in the past, you know, with different things because you know you, you can either sit in, in in your own crap and wallow and 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 pout and cry and woe is me, or you could you know pick your pants up and big boy pants and do make something happen, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then, um, so you, you mentioned a couple times already the book, but, um, you know, what was, what inspired you to put this, uh, autobiography together? And then, uh, um, well, and then, and then also, as I've read, um, Friend number two was involved helping you with this book, uh, Doug Esper. He's uh, oh yeah, yeah. He's a longtime friend of mine. Uh, you know when I I'm uh, doing local Cleveland concert promotions and stuff here and um, yeah, being in that area, or whatever, yeah, back in the day, Doug Doug yeah. was uh, my partner that helped me start Domain Cleveland Entertainment. So I oh, go wow. way yeah, back. Doug, with Doug. Doug is such a great guy. What a great guy. I love that dude. Um, so I met Doug when we uh, Dead by Wednesday did an acoustic tour. We were on the same le- record label, um, David Ellison's label with um, Tom Hazard and uh, EMP label group. And Doug was per- playing percussion for Chuck Mosley, the former, uh, the first uh, vocalist of Faith No More. And um, they had an album out and we had an album out on the label and uh, they were doing an acoustic tour. And they, the label asked, hey, would you want to put an acoustic set together? At the time, I was doing acoustic, like it's like, you know, like you like you just mentioned, on my own. And they're like, well, what if you put it together with the band, just a couple of you guys, and you go out and open for them and help book the tour and stuff like that? So I said, okay, no problem. We made it happen. It was great. 
And the best thing that came out of it was I met Doug and our relationship. And then actually it's kind of, it's kind of uh, got uh, revamped um, when I got to plug my phone in, but what got revamped when um, our relationship, when uh, during the Corona, you know, during Corona, when I was kind of like, again, I started the book, but it was really slow. And then when we were sitting around, um, you know, during Corona, we're like, well, let's really uh, ramp it up and make it happen. You know what I mean? Um, and that's when we yeah. started getting into more conversations because he's a ghostwriter on the book. Yeah. And so I didn't, I give it, I give him all the credit because I, yeah, I had the stories and I had all like that, that, the ideas, but without him, that book wouldn't be as successful as it was or as interesting and fun to read as it was. I mean, so a book could either be really boring or overly intellectual where you need to like, you know, you need to take a literature class to understand what the hell you're writing. But yeah. he made it, he made it sound like my voice. Like he, he knew who I, he kind of took me and put it into a book form. And I got to give him a lot of credit for that because without that aspect of it, it would never have done as well as it did. It did. And it got to number 30 something on the, um, in the first week it came out on Amazon, um, music biographies it was top 100 sold uh right next to bruce dickinson dio it was amazing i mean yeah. it ended up at number seven it ended up at number 74 but it got all the way to like 30 something it was crazy um and i did not expect that i'm not an author you know i'm a drummer uh i don't even know if i'll do a second book honestly but he has he had experience on it being that he put out a couple books already um, and he actually helped me find an awesome publisher, Scout Media. Um, I bought this guy, uh, Brian, who wasn't my buddy at the time. Now he's my buddy, but he was, uh, he knew Doug and he put out some other music orientated books from like guys from like dog fashion disco. And he helped with, um, with, uh, Doug's Doug and Chuck's book. Um, yeah. so yeah, so really a great circle. And, and Doug was just a great guy i got to, i got to meet him um when i was doing that tour and and he was really someone that um was very personable when i when i was touring and he made it pleasant to be on the road so that's definitely one of and we just stuck you know we stayed in touch and and that's basically uh one hand washes the other you know we i try to network as much as possible with people that i find that to be um not just talented but honest and and yeah. you know hard working and that's definitely someone who I feel is, is like that, you know, yeah, uh, but the reason yeah. why I did it, the, the reason why I did the book. Yeah. The reason why I did the book, I know that was the first question. What inspired me was a couple of things. I, for like five years, I played in, in a band with uh, the former bass player of Megadeth, David Ellison, who ran the label. At first I got into his label. And then once he saw that the band was talented, he hired me and my guitar player from Dead by Wednesday to play in his solo band, Ellison. And we did that for a while. We wrote a couple songs together. We toured a lot. That year that we were that that before Corona hit, I was supposed to go and play in Japan with him and Chris Poland, the original guitar player, and Australia. And we were supposed to do all this stuff, and it all got thrown to the wayside because of damn Corona. And uh, but his but he released two books that did really that did really well, and so that sparked an idea in my head. I'm like, well, I could do that. I just need to be able to find someone to help me because I can't write. And David had a ghostwriter. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to try to find a ghostwriter. And then Doug kind of 
you know, re- when I was asking about it online, he reached out to me. Um, and, you know, I have, everyone thinks they have an interesting life. Everyone thinks, oh, you know, I should write a book and blah, blah, blah. But there's things about my family life and my past and stuff like that, that are more, not just interesting, they are, it's crazy, like wild stuff that deserve to be uh, written and talked about. And that's kind of why, you know, when I, when I, when I, laid out on the line to these guys they were like oh my god you, you definitely got to write a book so that's kind of why i did it it wasn't because oh you know most autobiographies are very ego based it's like oh me 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 look what i did look what i do- did that's not what this is about they're more it's more about stories about people around me and 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 yes there is some stuff in there that um that is not only the ego based but like that is like uh about my life and and like what i've done and stuff like that accolades and all that stuff but that's not what the book's about there's a lot of like weird and crazy stories that you would not expect about my family life and then also the, the trials and tribulations of being a, a like i said a blue cl- blue, blue collar working class musician that you know you have to hustle your ass off just to make you know a Starbucks income like with without insurance you know like you know just a, a, a real hardcore on the street kind of like uh, musician guide almost for people that might want to try it like you know younger generation or whatever um, God bless them so that way they don't make the same mistakes that I made so there's like some trials and tribulation stuff in there from the music industry and that's kind of why I wanted to do it too you know. Yeah, no, it's it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to to check it out yet, but I was reading about that and seeing how you know Doug was uh, your ghostwriter. I was like, all right, I definitely want to talk more about that because uh, you know, I mean, when Doug, when me and Doug were working together, sometimes he'd write show reviews for for our website and, and stuff, and I'd, I'd always be busting his balls like, dude, you ever hit spell check? And to see how far he's come now you know with all the books that he's put out start with you know children's books and then you know his baseball book and i'm just really proud of how far he's come along and how driven he's been you know chasing after well well you know his dreams well yeah i mean his, there was still there was, there was still a lot of spelling errors but thank god i have a great publisher who actually hired a, a spell checker <laughs> <laughs> okay good <laughs> but uh so yeah so you know, the book's been out, been pretty successful getting out there. Yeah. And then you mentioned the uh, the new album, which I wanted to talk more about, um, you know, Capital Conspiracy. Like, I'm a big yeah. guy that uh, kind of, you know, it, into conspiracies and stuff like that. You know, Me they too. say kind of like people being in, uh, you know, especially us people that served in the military and work for the government. It's like, well, we've seen a yeah. thing or two. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. That's why we, why we always ask so many questions. But what's the meaning behind the the capital conspiracy name for the album? And well, like, what's it, the message? If you in look the at album? the well, you know, my my singer could probably answer this way better than I can because he wrote all the lyrics of the album and actually came up with a title. But it's not capital like the capital of you know of our country. It's more like if you if you look at the album cover, you see the different uh, aspects of of what are runs our company, our, our, our country. So you have, you know, like religion. So you see the Pope sitting at the table with a big pile of money. You yeah. see 
the 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 liquor and dr- the pharma pharmacy drug guys with the big cigar sitting at the table. You'll see, um, uh, you know, all different and the the banker, the the guy with the money jacket. Um, you know, the, the, all the, all the people that run the, the banking industry companies and the industry and everything. Um, and so it's, it's more of like, of, of not conspiracy, like, like the, like conspiracy theorists, but more of like what the conspiracy of what runs our, our, our government in a the sense. One's conspiring against the people. Basically. Yes, ex- yeah. exactly. 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 And, yeah, and, everything and you really, just mentioned on that album cover and everything too is like I've I've done episodes with with I have people on and we'll talk about that stuff because it's like I, yeah, well, you should have like my if you're, if you're willing man, to look, man. it's right there in front of us, you know. Oh yeah, you should definitely have Esteban on eventually too and talk to him as far as being you know being an ex-military and him being an ex-military and, and having strong views on that stuff too. Um, yeah, I do, really I do awesome. uh, episodes with veterans and stuff too. So I definitely would yeah. love to connect with him. We can make definitely. that happen. I'll, I'll, hook you guys, I'll hook you guys up. But um, so yeah, it's not just about that. There's other things on the album, like humanitarian stuff and some love stuff, you know, like relationship stuff, personal stuff. But mainly it's, there's a lot of stuff about, um, about, you know, different aspects of, of how our world and government is being run. And like kind of brings it back to like the old school, like, you know, like, you know, back in the day, man, we didn't, there wasn't celebrities talking about politics online and getting reamed about it. No one yeah. really talked about it. They put it in their lyrics, like Metallica, Megadeth, bands like that. They would talk about, you know, politics and th- different humanitarian stuff. And they would just let people get what they got out of it. And they would just like think for themselves after they read the lyrics yeah. and they would be, Oh wow. Like a justice for all stuff like that. They didn't preach and talk about, Oh, this is bad. Or don't do this. This is wrong. Don't wear fur. Don't eat meat. Don't do this. Yeah. No. Yeah. They would put it in their lyrics. And if you wanted to believe what you wanted to believe out of it, you could believe it. And if you don't, you don't, you know, and that's kind of what we're trying to do on this, on this album is kind of bring it back to that style of like old school. Yeah. Encourage people metal to do and their it. own homework, you know, encourage people. Exactly. To do their own own research look at the album cover mind, you know look at the album cover read the lyrics look at the album cover read the lyrics look at the art get your own ideas out of it and if and maybe they might think you, your ideas might be different than what what we actually mean it, it doesn't really matter um yeah. and whatever it means to you is what it's what it's what it means you know so that's kind of like how we're doing it in a sense and and capital conspiracy it's a it's a very um is a, is a very interesting album because it's people like, Oh, cons- you know, it's funny. Cause everyone thinks it's like about conspiracy theory stuff and it's really not. And, and that's why it's great because when people actually start listening to it, they're like, Oh, and, and not for nothing, you're talking about how you are. I am, you know, that, that, that label came from our government, you know, conspiracy theorists that yeah. was used. Was that, like was, that was made up. Yeah. yeah that was CIA made up. Came up with that, that was made up. To- yeah, you know why? To Go ahead. Silence us, basically. It was, you know, it was a, a label placed on, you know, to to get people to, you know, oh, they're just a kook. They're crazy. Don't listen to them. Yeah, you know exactly. So people that actually, people that would actually question authority or have an, uh, 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 think outside the box and have an actual opinion on things that might not go along with with their, you know, propaganda or their whatever they're trying to sell or, or push. 
they would be labeled as cap, uh, conspiracy theorists because that term was made to discredit people that might actually have something valid to talk about. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of kind of a funny thing, you know, when you think about it. Yeah, well, it's funny because I had a, a uh, friend on the other day, too. And we were talking about how, like, you know, how they hijack certain words and, and yeah. take it away from its original meaning. Like, look at how they're using the word woke now as like a bad, yeah, 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 bad thing. But it's like, you know, it's basically conspiracy theorists, people that have, you know, been paying attention and like, hey, man, this doesn't something doesn't seem right with this, you know? Yeah, play this, I mean, play I mean, this story out, you know, <laughs> a lot of things don't seem right in, in, in and you know maybe you know maybe there's more to it than we know, yeah. And maybe there's not, but you know for a fact that there, no matter what is going on, you know, the people that are in charge that have money that want that that have the power that want to stay in power and keep the power, their best interest is not us. They're not looking out for us. No. You know, know, you can make it whether people want to believe that or not is another thing, but. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is like, you know, the, the worst part about it is the pharmaceutical companies pushing, you know, the pills and pushing the, the drugs onto people and, yeah. you know, creating the, opi- the, the opioid uh, crisis. They created that. They created the, the crack crisis, all that stuff. Like, like there's no need for that stuff. There's no, there, there was no need. But for some reason, it's all, you know, you know, they don't want to find the cure. They want to find just. They want to just mask it with, you know, subscribing pills to everybody, getting everyone hooked. And then all of a sudden now they can't get it anymore. So now they're doing street drugs. And so many of my friends and so many, so many friends and family uh, are either in jail or died or just still zombies from that crap. And like, you know, it's all part of the same thing. You know, people are like, oh yeah, you're crazy. But like, think about it. I mean, from the beginning of time, all these things that we have going on, you know, all these, even, even like the, the, Corona, the, the HIV, the crack, this and that. Where did it come from? It's like population control. I feel like almost. Oh, I yeah, don't know. Totally. I, I, don't, I might sound like a kook, but I mean, it's not, I mean, no. I mean, we're seriously, dude. Like you know, all these like stories. Oh, yeah, he had sex with a monkey, and then a monkey, you know, brought. Dude, come on, a bat or a bat brought brought. Yeah, this, yeah bat like, No, man. <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, man, it, it, I'm I'm with you, and it's just like, and then you're, but you're looked at as crazy for questioning the narrative. You know, it's like because we don't. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, I see how far, like, you know, and I've gone down the rabbit hole pretty deep, you know, since my time in the military and everything, and it just one door leads to something else, and you got to use discernment. You know, it's like, yeah, uh, I mean, not I'm a guy, but, but not everything. I'm, yeah, I'm a guy that's in recovery. You know, I, I'm I'm. uh approaching 14 years sober now, you know, awesome. and, and, um, so I've been in, in the, the rooms of AA and recovery, and I've seen the damage that has been released, you know, with the opioid, opioid thing, like you're talking oh, about. Terrible. And then during, during COVID, when we couldn't meet, you know, so many guys relapsed oh, yeah. and aren't back. They, they relapsed and it was Absolutely. one time and with that fentanyl and it, it's over. They're yep. done. Yeah, they lost the problem, and now now they have that in there. And where did that come from? You know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't just use baby powder anymore to mix it with. They got to use yeah. fentanyl. It's like, come on, man. Like, Wide open border. I mean, we could get into that. Everything, you know. Yeah. It's just like, but everything's being I mean, done it, by it, design, it affected, but everybody wants to make it political. You know. Yeah. No. It's no, like, no that's this not. Is, what, no, this is a real see, life. It's not just political. Yeah. No. It don't care what side see, of the they, aisle you're on, man. 
you know, we're all part of the human aisle, you know, we're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. See, like people think that there's like, oh, this side's better than that side. There, no one realizes that when when you if you go if you actually look at the connection all the way deep down, they're the same animal. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing, and they're just using it for for again for control and for div- division and for yep. like you know keep Christmas us distracted blood. from pick your team yeah, distraction. You know? You know, like this fighting against each other and the race card and the, the race and the and the and the Gender. politics, it's all yeah. it's all used on purpose because like while they're doing whatever they're doing, we're arguing we're, about petty crap, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm a big uh I grew up a big professional wrestling fan, you know, but I liken politics to, to wrestling. It's just like, you know the good guy comes out or the bad guy comes out and says all this stuff. The good guy comes out and fights them, but they both go back to the same locker room, you know? Yeah, that's exactly. Like, that's like right and left, you know, they both go back and they to the have same a, area. Then they have a beer afterwards. They have yeah. a beer afterwards. Yeah, and we used to be this... able to do it. And we used to be able to do that, you know, back, back yeah. in the day, you know? Yeah, exactly. But now, now so it's like, social it's, media it's like and, and everything has made it like so much like, I guess easier for people to say that the cruel things that they wouldn't have the guts to really say to your face, you know, or, yep. you know, that, you know, you wouldn't say to your somebody's face because you have more respect for them when you're face to face, you know? Right. Respect now it's all about, you know, like hate, hate, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, I hate you because you don't believe what I believe. Well, that's, that's dumb. Like, I don't even care. Like, like I, I just like, like you don't like, certain things that's fine you know i don't like everything either you know i I, i'm i don't i like i like everything from grateful dead to slayer i like uh you know certain certain things that you might not like in 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 just in all aspects of life not just politics you know i mean it really makes no difference to me i remember during you know during the time especially when we were all like you know stuck at home you know, things really got wild with some of me and my people that have been lifelong friends. I mean, I, I say even me and I know. disagreed with a lot of things, maybe, you know, politically or our personal views or whatever. And it's it just, but we couldn't meet. So it's like, we're going at it, trying to convince each other online and people. And I'm yeah, like, man, it's not worth it. when things open back up, man, I'm like, how are things going to be? Am I going to th- have to throw down with people that I've been lifelong friends or what's, or can we stick nah. to our common, like, you know, our, what 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 yeah. brought us together in the first place and that's why i was like when when music came back and i was hitting festivals and i'd go out to shows and then i'd see these people again and we were back like 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 nothing happened like okay music yeah. brought us back together we're here to enjoy the same band the same artists you know I mean, and forget about all that you, petty said, shit. Uh, you said you were clean for 14 years i actually haven't had a drop of alcohol in about five years um I, I had some health issues and I was told that I either I quit or I died and I yeah. quit and I just said, you know what? I don't need it. And, and I've been, it's been the best thing I've ever did. I'm actually healthier now than I ever was compared even before that I, I stopped. My doctor's like, you know, you're, you're better than you were before you quit. So um, that was something that really helped me kind of clear my head. Um, yeah. and my drumming has gone up the roof. I started training martial arts and that's my wind is great. Uh, nice. you know, I, I, I've been, I haven't been, um, doing anything at all, you know, just basically taking care of, of, uh, 
what I got to take care of and the, my family life's better. I'm a better dad and all around, you know what I mean? Like, so uh, I lost a ton of weight and all that stuff. So I definitely, I definitely feel you on that too. Um, when you mentioned that to me before, but you know, yeah, you know, and, and what, you know, on my, my journey lately, like I'm approaching 50 next month, you know, and I'm probably healthier than I've been for, you know, years. It's like, yeah, I, 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 my problem was when I quit drinking, I replaced it with food and I was, wasn't eating healthy and stuff. And, you know, so it's like, I had to, you know, cause usually when you're drinking or, or numbing out with something, it, there's a deeper issue that you need to address. And I've done a lot of work, yeah. you know, and I'm still do work every day, you know, trying to get to roots of things. Cause I, I want to be better than I was yesterday, you know, but, yeah. uh, well, I, I, I got into, uh, jujitsu, um, yep recently too and so it's like and that's funny it's helped so much with you know my Absolutely. you know my health dropping weight and you know after after covid came through i i had right before i had a minor heart attack and that was a wake-up oh call so i had to have a stint put in and then at the end of 2020 i had covid and i was in the hospital for a few days and i was just oh like boy. dude i gotta i gotta watch the eating thing you know yeah yeah and that's well, that could be a whole other story, you know, what they're putting in our food, you know. Oh God, it's oh, not God. even food anymore. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, look at not to not to get crazy with this, but my son um, has seizures sometimes, and he was perfectly healthy; nothing was wrong with him at all. Um, and I've been seeing more and more. Not you know, after I started looking into it, I started asking around, and like so many, like back in the day, you would see maybe one two kids with epilepsy here and there or autism. You yeah. don't really hear much about it now. Like half of the kids have issues like, and you got to wonder, it's got to be from the food, the, the food that they're, what they're putting in the food yeah. and whatever else, whatever else, you know, you know, all, <laughs> all the stuff that they, they didn't have to get growing up before, but now it's like, you can't go to school unless you have, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. These exactly. things checked all that up, stuff. you know? Yeah, can't, can't and that, say, and say what it is, or else you know this will be taken off of YouTube. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, who knows if that's it or not? But the thing is, is something's causing this stuff because I, it, it, I, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not just a coincidence that like literally it's ramped up to the point where like, like it, it used to be like you know one out of like, you know, whatever a hundred kids had or fifty kids had an issue. Now it's literally like. Every time I talk to somebody, like, oh yeah, my daughter, my niece, my daughter, my son, like someone has an issue, whether it's autism, OCD, ADD, uh, you know, epilepsy, seizures, or whatever yeah. the hell it may be. It's like these kids are having all these issues. It's like, what is going on? You yeah. Know? So and, and and you know, it's it's not wrong to ask questions. All of a sudden, but then you're no. you're labeled. Then then they throw you labels at you. You know, like going back to the exactly. word games to shut you up. Exactly. You know. So the uh, the funny you mentioned the jujitsu. My singer Esteban, who's the actually is a um, just I think either a brown belt or a black belt. He just he's a trainer and he's uh, he does jujitsu all the time. And I started taking martial arts and I started you know really helped me after I started I stopped drinking was yoga for as a drummer. The yeah. best thing I ever did for my body, man. Yoga, oh my God, peace of mind and 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 uh, and your body just feels so good. And I started eating a lot healthier when I, I replace a lot when I used to love red wine I'm Italian, you know, I was born in Rome. Um, and 
I used to love red wine, but to the point where I was drinking like I was like Bacchus, the god of wine. I was drinking like a gallon a day. Ridiculous. And so and you think about the calories with that and then just the extra, you know, just craziness. I would have, yeah. you know, regurgitation, regurgitation from the wine and everything. Just oh, rough. yeah, yeah. The acid reflux and, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually now I replace it and it's, it's amazing. I replace it with you're talking about replacing things with food and stuff. You know, there is healthy options. I replace it now, and I even put it in a wine glass to pretend, with grape kombucha, which is like this healthy gut stuff, like fermented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it tastes, it's like, it's like wine without alcohol. It's literally like this fizzy, grape-tasting amazingness that I just drink all the time, and it's good for your gut. And gut yeah, health is it. huge, bro. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like you know, it's like how how important our gut health is because it's like oh our god, brain. I learned that the hard way. You know, I learned that. Oh the yeah, hard me way. too. Me, me I too. Had so man. Much, I had so many. I had issues. I had GERD. I uh, had um, uh, what do they call that? Um, uh, a, a Barrett's esophagus. I had um, oh, yeah. what do they call it? when you have a, a hole in the lining? Um, the uh, what do they call like it? a hernia or something? Or no, not a hernia. Uh, oh god uh ulcer 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 yeah yeah um all every all that stuff i had it all and now since i stopped and stopped drinking and i and i stopped the pills that they were that actually they prescribed me it is all healed i don't i don't have any issues i have no gird anymore nothing and i eat what <laughs> yep. i want yeah i i well i wish i could eat what i want but i i it took me a while like for i've been training part. for a couple of years now and you know, I, you know, I'm busting my ass and I start losing weight, but then I was still eating the same. And it was just like, finally, I was just like, I'm tired of being sore and sick and tired. And, you know, so I, I started, you know, pre doing my meals throughout the week and, yeah. you know, well, um, you don't have to, you don't have to diet. You just have to change your diet. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't mean, but you don't have to diet. Like where you like, you hold back foods and you and you don't do this and you don't do that and you and you're always starving it's just a change of lifestyle that's what i did i didn't diet yeah i i replaced i stopped beef but i eat chicken and fish i don't eat pork i eat chicken and fish i stopped yep. eating pat i stopped eating past like eight o'clock you know yeah. at night um and instead of like uh i don't drink soda i just drink you know seltzer uh, I don't put sugar in my coffee. I'll I'll either drink it with no sugar, and just a little bit of cream, or I'll use like Truvia, like one one or two Truvias. Like yeah. there's things that you could do that aren't gonna. It's, you can still eat. Like the only thing I don't do much is I I try not. I try to stay away from fried foods because the fried yeah. foods, fried stuff was what was getting me that that you know that GERD stuff. So yeah. those are one of the things that like. And the things that, you know, as you get older, that's, the, you know, your body changes is, you know, you might be able to eat like a, a fried seafood platter at, you know, age 18 and not care. But, you know, now I do it now and I, I, all night I'm, I'm burping up grease, you know? Yeah, so yeah. It's, and, it's, and that's the thing I've learned to do too is like, you know, uh, and martial arts and jujitsu and stuff has helped with that is just listening to my body now, slowing down yes. and listening to my body. Yoga, it's just like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I take, you know, and so I would know the things that would set me off. Okay. I ate this and I, maybe for that quick dopamine rush or whatever, it was like a quick drug, like to eat that uh, brownie or something. But then 
you know, my knees are inflamed and everything. Started. And I'm like, all right, is it really worth that? No, I got to start listening. And, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, the food was making, making me, you know, sick as fuck, which I guess would be a good segue into your upcoming European tour. <laughs> but there are the things there are ways to eat things like that without like for example i love pancakes but they're not good so what i do is i get yeah. almond the almond pancake mix so it's made with almond flour yeah and i'll throw like some protein powder in there too you know yeah or or flax and some instead of oil you put applesauce instead of flour oh, nice. instead of oil you put you applesauce some eggs like you can, you can make healthy tasty things that that still give you the craving, but without all the crap that you, you know, you get from like the normal stuff, you know, I, yeah, I, I eliminated fat, fast food's been gone for over two decades now. So. Yeah. Mine, uh, you know, I, I, I eliminated that like this past year, but uh, the one thing that man, that I still get cravings for is pizza, but I'm learning. Oh, know, I eat pizza. I, I, I can't gluten-free kind and all that stuff out yep. there now. I don't even do that. I just do it once a week. My Friday night, when I'm home, if I'm not touring, Friday night, because New Haven has an amazing pizza, I get my pizza Friday night, and then that's it. You know what I mean? I don't do it every day. I love pizza. I'm Italian. I yeah, eat pizza yeah. and pasta. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going <laughs> to give it up. But, you know, no. that you got to make sure that, you, you know, it, de it depends on what you eat, how you eat, and the amount you eat. That's basically all it is, really. Well, one thing I realized too, and I, I, you know, I didn't pick up on it because I was young and dumb and that's when my drinking really got carried away. But when I was on active duty in the Navy, you know, I remember going to uh, Italy, I think we pulled into Naples and then, you know, we got to do tours of Rome and stuff like yeah. that. But anyway, I'm a young 19 year old there, you know, check it out. And I'm like, man, I'm going to go get a pizza. And I was just like, what is this? When they brought me a real pizza that they made fresh. With fresh yeah, personal size and stuff like that. I'm like, this ain't Pizza Hut, you know, but it was like, yeah. actually the, it was good for me, you know, it was like a fresh. Yeah, it was actually really good for you. The olive oil and the it's yeah. personal size pizza. Yeah, it's amazing. The street, the street pie down there is amazing too. They fold it over and cut it in half. It's like a square. Nice. It's really good. But yeah, so the, the sickest fuck tour is our debut European run. For Dead by Wednesday, um, I've been I've toured with them, uh, with uh, different bands of my Sabbath. I have a Black Sabbath tribute band called Earth that does really well. We headline in Europe all the time, um, and then I also uh, was a tech for Flotsam and Jetsam, and I uh, toured out in Europe with those guys. But this is the first time that Dead by Wednesday has ever gone to Europe to tour and play. So we're excited. We're going to go out there and promote the new album, Capital Conspiracy. And we're going to do a bunch of different countries. And we got from uh, April 1st to April 18th, we're doing our first debut European tour. Um, so, yeah, we're excited about that. That's, that's what's coming up next for, for Dead by Wednesday. Nice. And, and I wanted to ask you, too, because uh, you, you mentioned your son, but uh, I, I, I was reading that he played a role in, uh, you know, contribution to your uh, – Mars in Exile uh, music video. Oh, yeah. I mean, Orion has been, uh, you know, very uh, influential in a lot of different things for me in my life ever since he was born. Um, just from the name Orion alone, you know, being Metallica song and yeah. and um, and just, you know, everything about, about him. But he actually uh, came up with the title Here Comes the Dead for one of our songs. 
and uh, I loved it. And he, I took the title, gave it to Esteban, and he wrote a whole song around the title. So that was uh, his contribution then. And then uh, he's a huge Lego. I call him a Lego master because he was, you know, six, seven, eight years old doing, you know, Legos that were eighteen plus, and that would take normally, you know, I couldn't even do it myself, but normal people would take like a week, and he would do it in like four hours. Uh, right. Read the book and everything. Amazing, you know. So he had an idea. He's like, dude, we should do a Lego video for you guys. <clears throat> and he started like, like um, creating, you know, these Lego characters from like different pieces that he had to make it look like us. So he would take like, you know, a, a black guy from the bass player and, and try to, you know, make him look like uh, him. And then he would take like a tan guy for the singer. And he's like, Oh, you know, he, ha he has a, he has a Mohawk in this picture, which I could probably do that. And then, he would order certain things to try to make certain people look a certain way. And, you know, he, he I used to have a Mohawk. So I still have a dready, a dready Mohawk, but it's, it's a, I used to have a big one. And yeah. um, so he made like characters out of like these Lego pieces and he made a whole stage set up and everything. And he started shooting it and he realized how much work it was going to be to actually do what we ended up doing, which was stop motion. And he was like, I, you know, I, I I'm, a, I'm great at Legos and I'm, I'm decent at editing, but I can't do what you, what, what, you know, what is required to do this video. So he, he basically was the springboard for the characters, for the concept, for basically even some of, some of the uh, raw footage in the video, but we handed it off to, um, once we posted a, 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 a picture of the, what Orion was doing, a bunch of people were like, man, that would be an amazing video idea. And this one guy, Sal, who's a buddy of mine, reached out to me. It was like, Hey man, I think I could pull this off. Um, it's a great idea. What, what do you think? And I was like, okay, well, I'll give you a shot. So he went and he found another guy that he works with who works in like movie, uh, real movies. And he's like, could you help me? And the guy's like, hell yeah. And they, they all, they sat down and they, you know, storyboarded it with some of our, uh, our ideas and Orion's ideas. And it was the best thing that ever. I mean, it's one of the best videos I've ever, and that's just because it's ours. I mean, it's just really amazing. Like I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, this is like this is like a Lego movie." And like, yeah, and yeah, it's crazy, incredible. you know? Incredible. That was awesome. You have to have you taken him to any of the Legolands or whatever? Yeah, he's been to Legoland in uh, New York, um, and and uh, I think some other place with his mom too. But um, he, yeah, he's really into it. He lo he loves it, you know. That, that's awesome. And um, very well, creative see. little cat. And, and, he read, and, he, and he writes stuff, and he, he's just really creative. That's great. So then what's uh, what other plans you guys got going uh, forward for 2023? Well, we have, uh, like I said, we have the European tour. We're going to – we're already in the process of doing some follow-up recordings. We have a, a bunch of, like, B-side stuff that we didn't put on the album, kind of like Garage Days, like leftover tracks that we want to try to make something uh, – we want to put together um, a cool little, there's a couple covers and a couple of, uh, was one song with Chris Poland. Uh, we want to basically take like the leftover, like cool stuff and, and kind of like uh, recreate what was there and build it, build on it and have like a follow-up EP to our album um, just to have some new tunes to, to put out. And then also 
We're planning on doing another, uh, like, like I was saying earlier, my bud, the guy who just helped me with the Lego video, he is in the middle of doing a uh, film, a documentary on combat veterans. And so we're going to incorporate the movie and one of the songs off the album. And he's going to shoot another video for us, more serious, more filmy. Um, and it's going to be about, you know, veterans and, um, and some of the, the issues that, that, uh, you know, they have and, and, you know, talking about PTSD and, and, um, it's going to be a music video though. And it's going to be incorporated with this film that he's putting together. And Esteban's going to be in the film. It's almost, it's almost done. The film's shot and done. And he's an amazing, uh, amazing, uh, dude, you know, who's doing this film. And, um, so we're going to do like a serious, uh, video for that. So that's going to be coming out as well. Um, and then I, I have a bunch of other projects that I'm working on where, um, I have the, the label mind snap music, um, and it's going really well. And I'm putting out, uh, I have a bunch of stuff that I'm putting out this year, uh, helping out some friends. I got a buddy of mine uh, from my old band, the singer Chris Keys. He's in a new band called ESP, Engineered uh, Society Project from Texas. It's kind of like in that painkiller Judas Priest era style. And I'm uh, putting those guys out. It was actually a project that was started with uh, Tim Ripper Owens. And then Chris, my singer, old singer, took over the position and uh, the album's great. I'm putting that out for them um, on MindSnap Music. I'm putting out um, a really good buddy of mine who is a super shredder who used to play in Dead by Wednesday, but he's played with everyone from uh, Dark Tranquility to Sanctuary to Josta from Hatebreed, um, even filled in for Arch Enemy. My buddy Joey Concepcion, he played on Darkest of Angels from Dead by Wednesday's vocal guest vocal album. Um, he, he has a solo album coming out, and... Um, I'm putting that album out on MindSnap, and I'm also doing uh, a, a buddy of mine who uh, was our, our old produ producer in Gargantuan Soul. He's putting out a couple of songs for St. Patty's Day. Um, this guy, Joe Town, great, another great rock and roll artist. Um, then I have another project that I'm kind of throwing together for fun um, that I'm putting out on MindSnap called Revamped, and it's a bunch of 70s and 80s new wave and like weird songs that are revamped into metal. And it's also, it's me and Joey Conception who's who's doing that ourselves, just uh, recording everything ourselves, drums, vocals, guitar, bass, all of it, and just kind of putting out the stuff for fun and we're licensing all these uh, covers. We did some like really weird covers like uh, Metro from Berlin. We did uh, Missing Persons um, uh, Words. We did um, nice. uh, Electric Avenue by uh, Eddie Grant. We did, uh, oh, yeah. there's so many crazy songs that we redid to metal like really crazy heavy metal and that's coming out on, on my snap so i have so much and then i got a bunch of earth shows that i'm doing my uh, sabbath tribute i got tons of shows booked with that as well um and that helps pay the bills i mean um you know nowadays there is no more like i try i talk about a lot about this in the in the, in the book um there's a, there's a lot of a lot of people think you know oh you know you must be loaded or whatever you it's like dude the days of playing in one band like a Metallica or Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath and making a living are gone. Even the big cats that you think are making a killing, like bands like Cannibal Corpse and like these metal bands that are, there's they have day jobs. And yeah. so what? Unless you learn how to hustle and like everything, at least at least I can say that everything I do to make a living is in entertainment. It might not be just one band, but like I have the record label, I host trivia 
sometimes uh, for a company called Bar Rated Trivia. Like once a week when I'm home, I do a trivia night at the local bar. Sometimes I fill in for other people. I host trivia. I've been all over reality TV where I, where I or background where I make money doing that. I um, I, I book bands. I book shows. Uh, I make money off that. I play in a Sabbath tribute band. I make money off that. I have Dead by Wednesday. Um, that's probably the least money maker. It's more of my heart, my, more of my art. Um, yeah. And then I also I'm a fill-in guy. Like I play with David Ellison. I play with Bumblefoot from you know, formerly Guns N' Roses. I jam with Run DMC, Daryl from Run DMC. I play with John Bush. I play with Frankie Bello from Anthrax. I mean, you know, right. you know, something something to be said about a higher gun. So. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I basically have like all these different outlets and plethora of of things that I do within the umbrella of the entertainment business to make a living. And and a, and a true hustler has to do that nowadays. You have to wear many hats and be able to do that to make a living. Otherwise, you're just going to it's not going to work and you're going to be depressed and, and bummed out. And you're going to be like, why can't I do this? Because it ain't going to happen unless you unless you are a 14 year old good looking a uh, pop star who's being, you know, molded by an industry and given uh, 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 an allowance because they they're gonna own you. Um, yeah, it just doesn't yeah. happen anymore. They're or you not become gonna, a, gonna be making money either, though. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and, and and it's it's really a different time, and things have changed, and you have to either change with the times or you fall and you fail. So I yeah. I learned I learned how to I learned how to hustle. I, I put the book out. Now I'm an author also. So all these little, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. And now I'm making an honest living, you know, otherwise, otherwise forget it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's all about the hustle, man. And that's why I try and tell my kids today, you know, it's just like, no matter what you get into, you got, <laughs> you got to hustle, you got to net networking is huge, you know? Yeah, huge. That's a, that's a quote on my book. You don't know who's in, uh you know, in, in the room with you. So it's like always trying to make a good impression, you know, exactly. Exactly. At, you know, well, um, we've been going for like an hour now. I wanted to ask you, uh, some of the questions I normally ask guests that I have. Sure. On. And, uh, these are usually some hard ones for musicians, but, uh, who are your top three musical artists? Oof. Uh, black Sabbath, black Sabbath and black Sabbath. <laughs> nice no i'm just kidding uh, black sabbath is is <clears throat> probably number one and the only reason why i tell people this all the time is because without them there probably wouldn't be van halen metallica all these bands that came out after them because they're sort of to me black sabbath was like even though there's probably people before them that were doing sort of the heavy metal but we just didn't know about them they brought it to the forefront so for me, they're like the godfathers of heavy metal. They they created it. And without them, there wouldn't be all these other offshoot bands that are that are, you know, humongous um, because of them. So Black Sabbath would be number one. Um, <clears throat> the other two, it's, it's hard for me. I, you know, I would have to say Metallica, uh, but the early stuff, because once they hit black, they I lost they they lost me. And I've never been able to get back. I've tried. I don't hate them. I, I for it. Yeah. I understand what they were doing, but they just they just they fell off for me, and I just never been able to get back on, um, on the train. But um, 
they were a huge influence on me. Black Sabbath was a huge, and, and Ozzy was a huge influence on me. And as far as the third one goes, <clears throat> I don't know. It's really difficult. I would maybe have to say, even though, even though I don't love them, I think because of the drumming, maybe Led Zeppelin, but but not even really. The, the, the drumming was very influential for me. John Bottom is is one of the best drummers. I mean, it's a different question. If you ask a different question, like who are the top top drummers, that would be a different answer than the top three artists. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, definitely Black Sabbath, number one. Um, Metallica probably is top three, two or three. But then there's so many other. I love so much stuff that it's hard to pick. A, yeah, it's hard to third one. narrow it down. Usually, I mean, like honestly, the Police. I love the Police. Yeah, Stuart Copeland. He's the man. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Gotcha. And then Pantera, uh, where, uh, Pantera was pretty big for me back in the day. I loved. I loved. I loved Pantera. I don't know. Gotcha. Black I'm, Sabbath. I'm, nice. And then. uh what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school today? Uh, class. I would say communications. Communications. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and or math, but communications is huge because if you don't know how to talk to people, so many people are, are so, in, you know, inward because they're just on their phones or staring at the, yep. they, they can only, some people can only talk to people through instant messenger or text they can't call and they can't talk to people in person they can't look at someone in the eyes and talk they, they're yeah. just, just gen- a lot of generations now the generation now they, they don't want to talk on the phone they don't want to look at you in the face what, what's wrong dude like you you have to be able to get in front of a crowd and speak and speak clearly and command an audience and you have to be able to get your point across and you have to be able to 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 tell people what's going on and and be able to, you know, just basically talk. And a lot of, a lot of times you can't now. It's like everything's just online and this online learning and texting and 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 in in instant messenger. It's like, nah, man. You know, communications was the only class that I got an A plus in, in school, and um, I think it's very important and it's helped me a lot because I'm I'm, I'm able to to do this, like you know, get up, go on TV, not a, not be afraid of the camera. Uh, yeah. you know, talk, talk comfortably without being nervous and, and look people in the eye and, and get my point across and, and tell people what I want and what I, you know, what's going on. And, uh, and I think, it's, you know, it's important. It's really important. Uh, I agree. Yeah. And, and I mean, when I first got sober, man, and started having to deal with my insecurities and my, my self-worth issues and stuff like that without, you know, a crutch to numb with or without the, you know, the fake, the cans of confidence or whatever, liquid courage. Yeah. You know, it, I, I became one of those people, you know, we're just like, I, it's easier to just to text and, you know, instant message yeah. and shit. But, you know, since I've been working on myself, part of my therapy is doing this so I can communicate yeah, with great. people again. That's you know, awesome. get me back out there because it's like, I agree with you. It's such a, you know, it's such a, it, it's, it's so yeah. important, you know, it's like, and that's, and the now, other and now thing, they like, want, and now they, and now they want to do this whole like uh, uh virtual world and all that stuff. Like no one's going to, no one's going to be yeah, social anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not, I mean, it, like we were talking about before too, how, you know, it's like, you know, how do you silence people that you don't agree with? 
you know? Right. You, 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 I mean, right. The, the, the cancel culture and all that shit, you know, it's like we can't come unite as a people if we can't communicate. And exactly. the real communication happens face to face. I, right. you know, looking people I, in, in I, the I, eye. On the phone, talking, yeah. Because yeah. you can't get emotions from texts or, or yeah, you know, or you can you read them understand. the wrong way and, and light a fire. You exactly. Know? Exactly. There's another thing, so, too. Yep. And then uh, who are three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today? Oh, God. Uh, hmm. Wow. That's a hard one. I would say... Uh, hmm. Inspired me. See, I, I, I'm very self-made. I did a lot. I, 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 I want to credit myself, but I... I'm one of those guys that I was never handed anything. No one ever handed me everything I've done. I, I've done through hard work and I've learned through my mistakes. And I really, um, there really wasn't too many mentors. Um, there were a couple people like that helped me along the way. Like uh, Steve, this guy, Steve Rogers, not Captain America. Uh, Steve Rogers from a band called Mighty Purple. He he gave me a bunch of contacts early on in, in my career that helped me. And when a lot of people were very uh, protective of their circle, he allowed me to kind of hand me the golden keys in a sense. Um, I would say uh, the couple of mentors that I had in, in music, learning uh, how to like play properly in the studio and record stuff. Jeff Kanata, Vic Steffens um, from around here, Horizon Music Group. Um, and then David Ellison, you know, he definitely was an influence um, for me, um, you know, playing with him and, and, and being in the same circles as, as him at the time. Um, and, and, you know, him being also sober and, and, and me not drinking and, we had a lot, we could relate to a lot of the same things um, and being in the same kind of era of music. Um, so maybe him, um, I guess one of my mentors, another guy named Kai Blackwood, I'm naming more than three, but um, I guess one of the guys that I grew up with who, who taught me, I guess, yeah, I guess Kai, I would have to say Kai Blackwood because he was a drummer and wanted to be a front man and he sort of passed the buck and said, you could do this. You're, you're get a lot of rhythm. And he, it kind of inspired me to want to play drums for him so he could be a front man. And that was the singer of my, one of my first bands um, locally. And he kind of like, you know, was an older guy and he, he sort of was like popular with the ladies and he kind of, kind of like, you know, influenced me to, to, to play and, and be in a band with him and stuff. So yeah, those guys, I mean, there's really, you know, I don't, I never had a dad, a real dad. I mean, you know what? Okay, I guess my biggest influence and inspiration, even though he couldn't stand that I was playing music, he would always be like, you should be a plumber or you should be a, a doctor, like he was, was my grandfather. My grandfather, very old school Italian. Um, he was the closest thing that you can get to to, to a, 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 clean, a clean spirit and angel. And um, he was the only father figure really that I had. So I would say he was biggest influence, even though he didn't want me to play music because he thought it was impractical and, and silly. Um, but him would be, he would be my first, I'd say, number one, and then everyone else afterwards. But 
you know, it's really not, I, I, I credit, I hate to say it, I, hate, I credit myself. I mean, I never really had anyone holding my hand. I always just took care. I did everything myself, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. And then, um, this is a question I love asking. It takes everybody back, um, to childhood, but, uh, favorite toy as a child. Oh God. Oh, I don't even know. I, I the only toy that I remember loving was you remember those um those those stretchy things that were full of like that really bad gel that if you op- broke it open and, and and ate it or touched it it would be really bad for you. Yeah, like Stretch Armstrong. Stretch I had a Armstrong Hulk. and that that dragon. But I had a Hulk. I had a Hulk. I had a Hulk version of Stretch Armstrong. It was okay. the green Hulk. They, yeah. they started making like. They st- after that came out, they started making like uh, superhero versions of them. I had a Hulk version of that Stretch Armstrong that I really loved. That's the only thing I can really remember. Nice. Yeah. yeah and, and Dark Tower. Remember that game Dark Tower? Yeah. Yeah. I had that. I still have it. Yeah, it's worth like hundreds of dollars. Dark Tower. Nice. That was a dope ass game. But that was old. I was older for that one. I was a kid. I would have to say. The stretch, the Hulk, the Hulk stretch Armstrong. It wasn't stretch Armstrong, but the Hulk stretcher or whatever guy. It was huge. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Awesome. Well, then, uh, any we we touched on, you know, um, uh, the military and stuff earlier. But any message you have for our military members currently serving overseas? Uh, basically, you know, come home safe. Please take care of yourselves. You know, your family loves you. We appreciate everything you're doing. Um, thanks for, for you know, basically protecting our freedoms here. And, um, do, you know, don't believe everything that you, uh, you're you told. That's basically all I can say. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then if you want to follow uh, me online or the band, obviously, more importantly, um you know, you can go to any of our socials um, and want to watch the Lego video, go to our youtube.com slash DBWTV and uh, the abbreviations for Dead by Wednesday, just DBWTV on YouTube. Um, we have all this, you know, the same, the social media stuff like Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, um, all that stuff is just Dead by Wednesday, but you have to spell Wednesday right. Everyone always gets that wrong. It's W-E-D-N-E-S. D-E-A, I mean, D-A-E-Y, sorry, sorry, I even spelled it wrong. <laughs> then by Wednesday, um, you got to spell it right, but you know, that's all it's under on all the social media right. sites. So and if they want to pick on up there, book too, where would you send them? Uh, go to scoutmedia.com or you can go to, you know, uh, anything that I have, whether it's music or books or anything, are always available on all stream- streamable and downloadable platforms that are popular, like uh, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon is a huge thing for the book. Amazon, uh, you could even go to um, uh, what's that? Uh, Barnes and Noble, BarnesandNoble.com, and you could find the book. It's called Break When I'm Dead. Uh, Break When I'm Dead is the title, and you, it's available anywhere really. Um, as far as the, the the capital conspiracy, you can get on all you know the typical streamable and downloadable platforms as well as. Uh, hard copies at Tower Records. You can order uh, a CD on Tower Records. Um, you can go to saltoftheearthrecords.com, which is another outlet that um, that makes vinyl for us. Um, so, yeah. And as far as my own personal stuff, 
everything that I have uh, on social media is under Opus the Dopest. It's a name that my old singer gave me. It's funny. So O-P-U-S the D-O-P-E-S-T, Opus the Dopest. And then just Dead by Wednesday, except for our YouTube page, which is DBWTV. Um, and that's pretty much all the all social media. And, and I, we, have, we have regular websites too, deadbywednesday.com. Um, I don't have one for me personally, but um, I have, you know, all, all the other stuff too, social media right, stuff. Man. Oh, Opus, man, it was great talking with you, dude. Yeah, uh, man. Definitely have to uh, stay connected because I'd love to get connected with uh, Esteban as well. Yeah, yeah, um, I'll, I'll be happy to hook that up. That'd be great. That'd be great. Awesome. You guys should definitely talk. Yeah, for sure. But, man, I appreciate your time. You mind doing one last favor before I let you go? Not at all. Go ahead. Uh, cut a promo ID for the show. Just introduce yourself. You're listening to today's Boondoggle. Boondoggle, right? Yeah. Okay, you ready? What's up? This is Opus the Dopus from Dead by Wednesday, and you're watching today's Boondoggle. Awesome. That worked out All perfectly, right. man. I appreciate that. Man, you guys, hey, thanks, thanks, man. I'm going to. What's that? Yeah. Thanks again for your time, man. I really appreciate it. No problem at all, man. I've been holding the pee for a while, so I'm going to go pee. Uh, all right, man. You go handle that. Yeah, we'll be in touch.
Masonic Temple Art and Music Festival is back at the historic Crew Stadium in Columbus, Ohio with the Foo Fighters. Tool. Avenged Sevenfold. Kiss. Plus, Rob Zombie, Deftones, Queens of the Stone Age, Godsmack, and more. Memorial Day weekend. Passes on sale this Friday at noon at SonicTempleFestival.com for only $10 down. tell you what we're down the officers beach swimming at night right so tim decides i'm gonna go skinny dipping it's one of those moonlit nights it's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, very romantic so anyway butt ass naked right and he's out there swimming around and all of a sudden about 200 yards from i see this white flipper kind of flip over and there's something out there and i go tim get your ass back in here and he says I knew you were serious. The, the, by minute, that the tone of his voice, the tone of his voice, Tim, get out of the water. I immediately <laughs> cut my little weenie, and I'm like, to the shore. <laughs> when I was a <laughs> And then that was the same time with Jake. Remember, Jake was all drunk, and uh, you were laying on that pickup Which truck time? bed, and he tried to climb on yeah, you, and you, yeah. you flew him, you, you, you hit him with your legs and threw him off the truck. I, I swear his, to God, he must have flew about 12 feet in the well, air, man. Uh, when we, when we... And thank you for listening to another story time from the VFW Hall. Brought to you by Today's Boondogger. for listening once again to today's boondoggle radio show please be sure to check out our website domaincle.com or today's boondoggle.com for more shows and check out our archives follow us on social media at today's boondoggle on facebook instagram youtube and twitter for more information about this podcast and please support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle as well as on our GoFundMe and Venmo. Be sure to subscribe, comment, download, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, and all the other podcast platforms out there. 
please email us with any questions, suggestions, and comments via todaysboondoggle at gmail.com. Leave us some five-star reviews and help spread the word. Thanks again for listening. for tuning into this week's today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into today's boondoggle.